2: Good evening and welcome to the Halloween edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. So, maybe it's just a coincidence, maybe we're just lucky, but on this show, my co host Larry Dersham and I have been privileged to actually have many shows this year on holidays. Fourth of July, we're on the air. Memorial Day weekend, we're on the air. Halloween, we are on the air. So, it is just great. And I actually got to wear my Comic-Con Halloween costume today because of course, as we all know, Comic-Con didn't happen, but that's okay, I'll save it for next year. So one of the things we want to start with, as you might imagine on a night like tonight, is please be careful where you go, what you say, what you do, what you eat. Boy, let's just start with that. The neighborhoods you go to, every single thing about Halloween that we normally talk about has just been complicated by the virus. So just make sure you, you and your children are safe and our prayers are with you and your safety tonight. Um, but I would be remiss not to have a couple of suggestions for uh, what you might do if you're not going out, if you're gonna stay hashtag safe at home. The Foley Food and Wine Society came out with some candy and wine pairings. And who doesn't like something like this? Let me give you a couple of them very quickly. So candy corn, you either love them or you hate them. There's the price is certainly right. Many of us love them. Um, in fact, I've seen some Halloween recipes where they are mixing them in with everything from hamburgers to chicken wings and everything in between. But here's a pairing for you by the Foley Food and Wine Society. Candy, corn, and chardonnay. Now, why? Why do these two things go together? Well, they explain candy corn is a sweet, buttery-tasting candy with a waxy texture. Lovely. Pairing it with a buttery chardonnay will complement the candy nicely, they explain, without becoming too overpowering. Now, what do you suppose um, Reese's peanut butter cups go with? That's right. You may have guessed this. It goes with Merlot. Now, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, in case you don't follow these candy polls the same way that I do, this has been voted the most popular candy in the nation on a bipartisan basis. We can all get behind this. So why do you pair it with Merlot? Well, according to the same website, Reese's is a blend of sweet and salty perfection. Boy, who would not disagree with that? Kind of a savory type of an atmosphere here. Sugar from the chocolate, salty from the peanut butter, and Merlot with complementary aromas such as cherry and chocolate pairs wonderfully. Now, I'm not going to go any further with this except to say that gummy worms pairs nicely with rosé. So try some of this stuff out. Uh, Your kids are going to bring home lots of candy. Maybe you can talk them into giving or sharing some with mom and dad. So I told you about the the candy poll. Let's talk about the presidential election poll, because you may remember that is probably the biggest thing of the decade going on this year, and it happens to be coming up Tuesday. So this is the Halloween edition. It's also the presidential election edition. This weekend, both candidates are in a full court press. Now, had this show been Last week, as it was, but what we would have said last week about the election had it been coming up on Tuesday is that Joe Biden is running out the clock. The president is in a full court press, but now we have both candidates on the court. They are both pounding the pavement. Why? Because it's looking like it may be more of a photo finish than Joe Biden may have thought a week ago. Both candidates are crisscrossing the states. Both just have a lot of energy. Joe Biden says he's working a 12 hour day. I don't know if that's true, but I'm sure that he should be working a 12 hour day. And if he is, more power to him. So both of these candidates are now really pulling out all the stops right up at the end. One of the things that has also characterized this weekend is it's no longer a marathon versus a sprint. Our president, of course, has been the sprinter for the past four years. Both of them are now working very, very hard. But is it really going to make a difference? Well, I suppose, and Larry, you're probably going to tell me I'm right about this. I suppose that depends on whether or not people who have not yet voted decide with a passion to fulfill their civic duty and get out there and cast their ballot.
0: Right. They, uh, this is Halloween day, uh, October 31st and very unusually the ballot, uh, the polls are open. They are open today through November 3rd. So that's four days folks that you have to get out and vote. If you haven't already mailed in your ballot or taken it to one of the drop off locations, uh, the polls are literally open today, and I understand till 5 o'clock, but the hours change uh, on Sunday and then on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, so uh, we're actually rolling through the election right now. And uh, I have my own opinions here that I wanted to, get, to briefly get out because we uh, I have my opinions that, that don't reflect the station or, or even uh, my uh, wonderful co-host, Wendy Patrick, necessarily. But I am advocating that we vote uh, for, for President Trump. He's working so hard. He's not a perfect person. Uh, Neither am I, and neither are you uh, in the listening audience, I don't think. And I think we all need to kind of uh, gently, I'll say this to get over that fact. We are blessed to be citizens of the greatest nation on earth. And our ancestors came here at tremendous risk to their life and limb to establish this wonderful free nation based on Judeo-Christian values. And many died in the process. And I'm not asking you to risk your life, folks, just (laughs) to vote.
2: And you know, when it comes to who you're going to vote for, I know that a lot of people have set out for for a while, probably thinking they weren't going to vote. And actually, um, last Tuesday, the top trending Google search was, can I change my vote? Now, we don't live in a state where you can do that, but it reflects the reality that now, unlike what the president said, you can't do that in most states, but there are a few states that if you voted, you can change it, but not if you voted in person, dead in the water, game over. But if you sent in a mail-in ballot or voted absentee, In some states, you had a period of time in which you could invalidate that and then substitute an in-person vote usually, or in a couple of states, even a ballot vote. But here's the problem we're facing now is the undecideds may still remain undecideds. Now, maybe they're doing other things with their children today, but tomorrow's a new day. And like you said, today, Halloween, the voting started here in San Diego. So it is the time to actually consider Um, getting educated, learning all you can because knowledge is power and then going out and casting a vote, right?
0: Absolutely. And I would just say, please don't vote for someone who just happens to have a D or an R next to their name on the ballot. You need to vote for candidates who will champion life, not death. Ones who advocate for freedom, not socialist totalitarianism. You need to support for office politicians who support traditional family values, not progressive left wing candidates who tell us there are a hundred different genders and encourage sexual anarchy. You need to vote for candidates who value freedom of speech, movement, association, and religion, not censorship, cancel culture, and an exaggerated lockdowns that will lead to a great reset into a new world order. And so I support, you know, we want to support uh, Reverend Martin Luther King said his vision of a colorblind society, not a Black Lives Matter vision of revenge, destruction and revolution, in my opinion. And uh, so so that's what I encourage people vote your values. And I know you all have grown up with values. And that is so important. It doesn't matter what party they're from. What are their values?
2: Well, it's interesting you, you bring up those values, because a lot of what we've seen this election cycle is um, we learned that words matter. We learned that terminology, sometimes stereotypes different groups. And one of the most painful lessons, very emotional, I think we've all learned is groups don't necessarily stand for what they've been hijacked to mean. You know, there are many groups that started out peacefully and only want peace only want to exercise their peaceful First Amendment rights to discuss the things that matter to them. And then you have other naysayers coming in and hijacking movements and looting and pillaging and burning buildings. And you know everybody, I think, recognizes that, but it's very important when it comes to voting that we do exactly that. Look at your kitchen table issues, talk about it with your family, look at your ballot, read about the things you need to read about. You know, I don't know if everybody listening watched the debate now a couple of weeks ago, but it was finally an opportunity. I would say the winner of that debate was the American people, because both candidates actually had a chance to talk about their vision for the future. Now, I know there's criticism. They basically went at each other for some of the time. But one of the things you heard the president talking about finally was what he's done in the last three years. He talked about national security, becoming energy independent and uh, all the kinds of things that we care about job wise, finances, getting back to work and talking about opening. The country safely not opening the country and having this kind of a herd immunity that would take too many casualties but opening the country safely larry i think it's ironic that both candidates want that but that we have this this terrible rhetoric that almost attacks um like you said the non-value uh, lesser components of what makes them different when both candidates are trying to say we both want america's go to go back to work we both want a cure to the virus although i do have to say i kind of like the president's um Operation Warp Speed. I mean, who doesn't like that? And that seems to be really the tact he's taken with a lot of what he's accomplished over the last three and a half years.
0: Really, that's true. And uh, I don't normally do this, but I just discovered a YouTube video yesterday. I looked it up and I'm asking everybody to check this out. It has some really rough language in it, but it's by Michael Moore, somebody I rarely, if ever, agree with. But if you just go to YouTube and in YouTube search for Michael Moore Trump Trump, 2016. It's what Michael Moore talked about, uh, felt about Trump just before the 2016 election. And uh, I'm just asking people to do that. Uh, it was just amazing. I, could, I couldn't believe it. And that is the essence of who Trump is, if you'd watch that video.
2: Hey, Larry, before we run out of time, tell us about the, the non-essential peaceful protests you have organized.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah, we're having a non-essential peaceful protest down at Waterfront Park, 1600 Pacific Highway, on Sunday, November 1st, from 12 noon to 1.30 p.m., and it's going to be amazing. We're going to ask the government, state, and local to lift the restrictions and have full open places of uh, services for places of worship open the small businesses, open the schools. We're going to have an amazing list of of, uh, speakers already, and it will be covered by national television. And uh, I've already talked to the people about that. So it's going to be a cool free event. If you have some time, 12 noon Sunday. And remember, we're changing our clock. We're changing our clocks uh, a Saturday night or Sunday mornings. So it will be a time Isn't it
2: convenient that because many of our listeners might be up late on Halloween, that we actually get an extra hour of sleep? That is probably the most convenient time change I can remember in years. I don't know. Maybe I just keep forgetting, but that is pretty cool. So please, everybody, remember that. Please stay with us over the break because we have a very interesting guest who's going to join us tonight that's going to talk about something incredibly relevant going on this fall, kids going back to school. She's going to talk about what are they really learning and how that very much ties in, believe it or not to presidential politics. So a little bit of a segue before we completely turn from polls to poultry, we're gonna talk about education in there in the middle of it. So stick with us. You are listening to the Halloween edition of Today with Dr. Wendy, back in a flash.
1: News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego.
2: This program is brought to you by Happy HappyDays.Health, official distributors of the full line of Shackley products. Right now, we are looking for energetic entrepreneurs who would like to start their own Shackley distributorship, make real money, and be a part of the $9 billion in commissions that have been paid out since 1956. Start today and cash in this summer. Earn money without leaving the house with the on-the-go digital tools and your optional online shop. Help yourself and others stay healthy. We've pioneered the nutrition supplement industry For 64 years, work from anywhere from home or on your phone, work the way you want. No inventory required. If you would like to learn more about this amazing income generating opportunity, please visit our website at happydays.health and click on the visit us link. That's happydays.health and click on the visit us link.
0: When does a person get rights? When a person is a person all across our nation. Our nation is divided. In our homes, in social media, everywhere you turn. But what is at the heart of this division? In the new movie, Divided Hearts of America, Super Bowl champion and executive producer Benjamin Watson searches for the truth.
3: This is one of the worst possible choices that any woman and her family has to make.
0: You'll discover why the most polarizing debate of this century boils down to the sacred dignity of human life. There is no personhood
3: under law. We don't have that in this country.
0: With Divided Hearts of America, you'll learn what you need to be armed to fight what divides us and come to a place of real unity with empathy, healing, and real hope. Be part of the change and watch Divided Hearts of America. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase. Go to SalemNow.com to
1: purchase. Use promo code San Diego for 20% off. That's SalemNow.com, promo code San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick.
2: Good evening, and welcome back to the Halloween edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. Well, we started out with a poll, but it turns out there is more that uh, both partisan parties, let's say Democrats and Republicans, there is more agreement than just candy. There's also an agreement that curriculum matters as well. The question is, what kind of curriculum? And yes, I'm talking about back to school. So all parents love their children and want them to grow up to be healthy, happy, responsible adults. We can all agree on that. One of the other things we can agree on is that the school in many cases, especially the public school system has some control over what the children are learning. And parents want to be very involved in that. And many of them are, they want to make sure they're learning age appropriate curriculum that is going to benefit the kids, not going to lead them astray, is not going to be too much too early or too young, or that it's not going to push any kind of an ideological agenda. So many parents have agreement that we care about that. But sometimes there have been cases where parents have been shocked and amazed to learn what, in fact, the kids actually were learning. Um, We have a special guest tonight that actually has some expertise in that area. And has done some research to find out, well, in some cases, what are the kids learning in school? And do parents actually know? Uh, Larry, I hear we have somebody very special and very knowledgeable about this particular topic. Who's on the line?
0: Uh, Yes, Wendy. I'd like to welcome to the show Rebecca Friedrichs. Rebecca uh, Rebecca is the founder of the nonprofit organization for kids in country and the Adopt a Teacher Project. She's the author of the book Standing Up to Goliath. And a twenty-eight year old, uh, twenty-eight year, excuse me, public school teacher who's leading the fight against the new radicalized sex ed that's being introduced into our public schools, grades K through twelve nationwide. So, welcome to the program, Rebecca.
2: It's wonderful to be here again. Thanks for having me. Hey, Rebecca. You know, one of the things that we um, we really care about on the show, and we talk about a lot, is um, the fact that there's. There's more that unites us than divides us. We always hear ourselves saying that. And when it comes to kids, I mean, we care so deeply for our just adorable, precious young people in in our families and in our communities and keeping them safe and healthy and really making sure they hear all the right things when they're growing up. But then we have this ideological divide sometimes that we find going on in the schools. And I mean, one of the things that our parents, uh, as parents, we have to acknowledge is there comes a time in some school systems where they start talking about sex ed. Now, I don't know about the two of you. Um, I don't know, Rebecca, if you're really 28 years old or not. I know Larry misspoke a little bit because you would have started when you were two. But Larry and I are contemporaries, no doubt, in that we really didn't learn a whole lot about that in terms of graphic descriptions or any of that. And it seemed like it was when we were a little older. But I also know that times have changed, and that is not something that many parents are pleased about learning, So maybe because you seem to have an enormous amount of expertise in this area, what really has changed in terms of what our kids are learning? And the second thing I want you to address in talking about this is, are we talking about all schools or are some schools more likely than others to introduce this type of curriculum earlier rather than later? Okay, well, that's a lot to unpack.
3: So, and first of all, I'm not 28 years old. I've (laughs) taught for 28 years. No, I know. Larry
2: corrected me, but I just wanted to give you (laughs) a... You look like you're 28 years old. I've seen your picture.
3: You're beautiful. Oh, bless you. No, I'm in my 50s, and I have taught for years and years and years, and I'm also a mother. And I can tell you, you started out talking about how we all agree about protecting our kids. Look, the sex ed that's out there right now, those of us fighting on the ground, we are from every background. We are people of faith. There are atheists. There are LGBTQ people fighting with us. There are Democrats and Republicans fighting with us. Why? Because this new agenda against our children and against our families and against our values is horrific. And so once people learn out, learn about what it really is, they're against it. Very few people agree with this agenda, which is because this agenda wasn't brought into our schools by parents and teachers and good people who understand children. It's been brought in by very radical Um, coalition called the Healthy Teen Network. It's a coalition of about 200 organizations, uh, including the ACLU, the Southern Poverty Law Center, Planned Parenthood, Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. They all work together with, sadly, the teachers' unions, the National Education Association, American Federation of Teachers, all the state-level teacher unions, and hold hold on to your horses, parents, They're working with the PTA, the Parent Teacher Association, which was um, uh, corrupted in the 60s and 70s by the teachers unions who bullied them. And the teachers unions i just want everyone to know they're not really teachers. They're not really unions. I think I said this last time I was on your show. They're Marxists posing as teachers and unions. They got behind teachers to try to legitimate themselves, to legitimize themselves. They are Marxists they are dangerous. We need to get them out of our schools. So what have they done? They have brought in something called comprehensive sexuality education, or for short, CSE. CSE is something that's been pushed through the United Nations for decades. We have people on our team who have been lobbying against it at the United Nations for a really long time. CSE has been brought into many poor countries and has Devastated those countries. They've gone back to the United Nations show. They went in looking for food and and clean water, and they were told, oh, sure, you can have food and clean water if you take CSE. That's what happened under the Obama administration. These countries have been devastated because CSE is so bad. Let me give you some highlights of what happened. Well,
2: Larry, you had a a couple of pointed questions along these lines that we wanted to make sure we got to because it's such an important topic.
0: Yeah, I want to hear what you're going to say there, Rebecca, but just briefly. I guess my biggest question is is why? Why are they doing this to the kids? What's who's behind it? I mean, do they want to? Why do they want to sexualize kids at such an early age? What's the and point? is
2: that and is that their intention, Rebecca, or is it some benevolent intention gone wrong, or gone rogue, I guess I should no, say both. Both yeah, of those statements uh, probably work, right.
3: I believe from everything I have read, all of the different curricula that has been approved by these people, that they are trying to sexualize our children. If you look back in history, look, if people don't know history, they are doomed to repeat it, particularly the bad stuff. Uh, The unions and their friends first removed accurate history from our schools. Um, And then they bring in this sexualized curriculum. If you look back in history, let's just take Nazi Germany. One of the things they did was destroy parental rights and bring a sexualized curriculum into the schools Uh, indoctrinate the teachers, indoctrinate the kids. This happens in communist countries all of the time it's part of the agenda why are they doing it they're trying to undermine our free republic it's very clear out there the reason so many people are rising up with rallies even in my state california rallies of thousands and thousands of people today there's one with 9000 cars rallying for president trump why because they want to keep their free republic they don't want to be turned into a socialist country so unfortunately those who uh, buy into marxism Uh, If you read about Marx and read about uh, uh, the the communist agenda, sexualizing the children is part of it. Undermining religion is part of it. They are atheists. They do not want the structure and protection of Judeo-Christian virtue, uh, that they are very much against Judeo-Christian virtue. So this is part of their agenda. That's why they're doing it.
0: Well, how how early does this start, Rebecca? Does it go down to like preschool, kindergarten? When does It, it start?
3: Yes, it does. So there's different parts to CSE, but let's start with the part that starts in preschool. So uh, it's the gender ideology that starts as early as preschool and can show up in any subject in any classroom and parents cannot opt out of it. Here's how the gender ideology works. Uh, if If your child has a teacher who is a union activist who is pushing this stuff, a teacher like myself would never do this. But if they're in one of these classes, they're going to be told, when you were born, your parents didn't know your gender, so they assigned you a gender, but someday you'll figure out your gender we're all transgender and there's really a an unending spectrum of genders so you'll figure it out someday and by the way you can change your gender every day you can be something different every day it's absolutely ridiculous it's against science it's against you know biological fact and it's also an attack on religious liberties because God said I created them male and female so um, so that's where what starts in the preschool ages let but me Rebecca, give you I just you
2: know Larry and I are both kind of just really scratching our heads on this one, the the rationale behind some of this. And, you know, I mean, this you don't need to be Christian to appreciate the, the danger of too much too soon, especially when it comes to ideas that many uh, parents don't agree with. What is the rationale for starting this type of curriculum in preschool? And I guess in answering that, thank God we don't hear a lot of this from a lot of schools. Is it a certain group of schools? Is it certain kinds of schools that where this is happening? Or is it just becoming more pervasive as time goes on?
3: Right, it's definitely more pervasive because it's being purposely pushed by the teachers unions, not by loving teachers, but by the unions who collect billions and billions annually from teachers who are unsuspecting. And so it's being pushed through those unions, through the PTA, state and national PTA, again not local parents at the PTA who are fighting hard and raising money for the kids for a nice assembly or something. But most of PTA do money, dues money goes up to the state and national. Most teacher union dues money, about 80-90% of it goes up to the state and national. Parents and teachers need to wake up and need to start looking at what's being pushed through these state and national. That's 100% where it's coming from and ACLU and Southern Poverty Law Center, Planned Parenthood and others. Why do they start so young? Indoctrination. If you can convince a child that their parents don't know what they're talking about and that they're actually, you know, all these genders, you can change a child's entire life, their entire identity, and you can change a country. So that's why they're doing that. Um, Again, we have parents- Well, we we
2: gotta, we're gonna have to wrap it. So I'm gonna um, promote your book. You wrote a great book, Standing Up to Goliath, uh, that we will um, feature on Twitter, that that is just a terrific book. Um, One, you know, we're all about the silver lining here on today with Dr. Wendy, and the fact that kids are learning at home, in many cases virtually, lets the parents actually have a little bit more oversight than they would have otherwise. And, you know, you you talk about the good Lord doing everything for a reason. Um, Perhaps this is one of those reasons, Rebecca and Larry, that actually parents now will have a little bit more buy-in and say in terms of what their kids are learning. Um, And who knows whether or not the schools won't come around too in terms of um, also uh, really having to, to, to face the music. This is a fascinating subject, and I just think it's fitting we talk about it on Halloween because it's all about the kids today and tonight. So thank you for joining us. Um, God you. bless you, uh, our listeners, and I want to say you are going to vote on Tuesday. Get out there and vote, if not beforehand. You are listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. Have a great week.